Episode 42, Peace Where There Is No Peace. Hi, welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. And yes, we're sisters. We're going to share stories about our life and growing up together and some personal walls we've overcome. We hope you laugh a lot. You honestly might cry a little. But our hope is that maybe you'll be inspired to go beyond the walls in your way too. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. Okay, so the big question we're going to talk about today is how do you have peace when there really isn't peace in the relationship? So this is longstanding conflict. This is dealing with other people's weaknesses and their character strengths or weaknesses or ours. Like it's not resolved. How can we not show up every day as if we're in a war? I think for me, like my hang up here is the same hang up that I find myself in when I'm talking about forgiving other people. Like it feels like if the ask is for me to show up in that relationship where there is conflict that's unresolved and be peaceful, it feels like I'm being fake with the other person. Like I'm asking them, I'm actually inviting them to hurt me in the same ways. Like I'm saying it was okay that it happened. It's fine that it happened, that they can continue going on and hurting me in the same way. It just feels unfair. Like it feels hard. It feels difficult. And it just feels disingenuous is my bottom line. I want to believe that there is a way to show up peacefully in relationships where they have weaknesses that took, you know, 40, 50, 30 years to build, right? Like they're not going to outgrow this weakness overnight. Yeah. And yet not hold that against them in our relationship. It feels like, not that I want to hold it against them. I don't. I really want to be the kind of person that actually is not affected at all. That's my ideal. That's my idealistic trap. I want people to be able to be freely themselves. And I want to never have to speak on anything. Mm-hmm. that would be my ideal because I hate advocating for myself yeah. especially and I can't not advocate when I see how it's negatively impacting other people like that's harder for me to do than to just suck it up and avoid it when it's happening to me yeah. but I'm finally at a point in my life where I'm no longer okay when it happens to me and so Not only am I having to advocate for other people because I can't just sit back and be quiet when it's happening to other people, but I also no longer can sit and be quiet when it's happening to me. So what we really want to talk about is how you do. I think there is a way. I am open to hearing another way to show up when there's unresolved conflict that's not going to resolve itself overnight. And to be able to show up in that relationship completely comfortable, maybe not completely comfortable, but just okay. Like knowing that it's unresolved, but also I'm okay. And I just haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. And I think that's the challenging part that we just naturally, we do want that ideal. We want there to just be peace and unity and harmony all the time with no effort. 
Yeah. Right. Even in your right. ads, you were like, I want the other person to show up completely clear and honest and in their full self, but I don't want to have to show up that way. Like, not that you're actively don't want to be honest, right? But there to be honest means we have to advocate to a degree, right? Which is just hard. It just stinks. Like we wish it was another way, but it is a good way. And I know for myself, so being the person that advocates all the time, I'm actually more interested in me being honest than other people being honest, right? Like we're kind of, again, those opposite directions, right? And there's only true unity and true peace when we're both being honest and showing up that way. Mm. And so I know for myself, like I've been in that boat several times where I feel like I've shared, I feel like I put myself out there. And it doesn't change, right? Like we can't control what the other person does or doesn't do. And that is just a whole nother confusing conversation. I remember like in my lowest of lows in our marriage, it just felt like I was between this rock and a hard place Mm -hmm. because I want something to change so desperately in the other person's world. Like I want Lee to show up in a different way and it doesn't matter whether I say it or not, it's not changing. And I just remember feeling so stuck, but take the desire away from me that like, hope I don't even want this desire anymore. Just take it away from me because if I don't give voice to it, I don't have it, then I won't be hurt, mm-hmm. but I can't stay silent. So then it almost like hurts twice as much because then I put myself out there and it still doesn't change. Then it feels like an actual direct active rejection. Yeah. But there still is freedom to be had, right? Like if it's true that what we've been saying this whole time is that our joy, our completeness, our wholeness, our value is only in my hands and not in other people's hands. Like there's gotta be a way through this tangled web. Mm. I think for myself, whenever I've been in that just disgruntled, there is no peace in our in a relationship that I'm having it means that I just, I haven't been honest somewhere. I haven't either taken the time to really be honest with myself and I just get distracted with all the shrapnel, right? Like I get all the distractions of all the right conversations and the frustrations and just the annoyances and the petty little incidences, the circumstances that happen. That's all I can see is just these little triggers And until I can take the time to one, be able to put voice to what's actually going on for me, what's the real conversation in me, then I have the opportunity that I have to go have the real conversation with the other person. And that's a different set of heart, right? Like that's a different set of efforts and conversation to have, because then first I have to wrestle with myself to have the right and the real. And then I have to keep advocating with the other person to not get trapped into the right conversations, but have the real conversation there too. Mm. And I can definitely, I feel like it's taken a lot of time through our marriage and a lot of work and trial and error and a lot of those hard conversations that did not go well. We spent a lot of time in the right and having fights and arguments, and then we're hurt for whole new reasons than what the real issue was even about. But through the years, once I've been able to figure out what I'm really going through and I really can get to the real conversation and have that conversation, I don't 
find peace and calmness and unity in the relationship until I have one, been honest with myself. And then two, I have been heard. I find a lot of healing and freedom in just being heard because we, we all really just want to be heard and seen, right? And we, we will find the peace when we've had the actual real enough conversation that's really at the root. Mm-hmm. And I found for myself, like the second I have that conversation, there is immediate peace. Then I'm able to enter in the conversation that's like, okay, lower the significance of the offense. I can now see this other person as a human being who has flaws and has weaknesses. Now I can see like their things that they're doing to hurt me say more about them than they do about me. I'm not actually being maliciously attacked. I'm not actually being maliciously rejected. My entire being is not being called into question, right? Like all of a sudden I can now be a human and they can be a human and we can accept each other for who we are and who we aren't. But until I've been able to really be honest, I just it stays in this contentious, easily offended, nitpicking, silent, cold shoulder kind of a space for me. See, integrity for me is like key in general. Like, I can't tell you the last time I haven't cared about, it's more than that. We were talking earlier and Kylie used words like being transparent and, you know, being completely honest. Integrity has always been a big deal for me. Yeah. And so I remember at a young age, even like I would tell all of our family's business. And if you're familiar, like I know other families, other cultures are like this, but growing up in a black family, like I was constantly reminded, like, you don't tell our family's business Mm -hmm. and as a kid like I just did not get it like it just felt like we again were being fake if we didn't share I would tell everybody anything they wanted to know and I would offer it up without people even asking like oh this happened today this happened yesterday this person came in our house and they said this and did this you know and I would have family members who like legitimately did not want me to be around because they knew they were going to be doing stuff that they didn't want other people to know. Yeah. And they knew if I was there, like I couldn't shut up as far as like sharing my life, like transparency kind of just would be, it was natural to me. And even today, I would say that that's a big deal. Like in relationships, one of my favorite questions that people have like mocked me for, but is true. Like I, I love asking people about the last time they've cried mm-hmm. and like on site, like day yeah. one of meeting you, I love asking that question. And I never really thought anything of it. Like, I know it's a funny question to ask. And honestly, if you want to make a deep connection with people quickly, That's like the number one question to ask. Try it. I promise you. I never really thought anything of it because it just always worked for me. And because of my personality type, like I've always gotten away with it. I think people naturally trust me in general. Once I like warm up to you, it's really has to do with me, not other people engaging with me. I take a longer time to warm up, but once I meet people... I don't know. It it just tends to be like an instant connection, but I never thought anything of that question. 
Kylie, of course, will always help you dissect a deeper meaning from anything. <laughs> and so we're just like tabling this episode and we're just like going back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, I have a hard time being fake. And, you know, like all of these different things, I think we should a- answer that question because if I can figure that out, it would really help my relationships. It like clicked for me that it's a really big deal for me to perceive other people as being transparent with me. Mm. I really don't trust easily or quickly. Yeah. And I, at my core, my most natural being does not perceive very much as a threat. Like I remember being a kid and one of the reasons I would get for why we can't just share our business is because like, you don't know how people want to use that information. Like you need to be discerning with other people was really what their ask was. And there's a lot of wisdom to that, right? Like you don't know how everybody is going to respond to like the depths of your personal information. You really do need to learn how to be discerning, but I am not naturally that way. I was taught to start seeing flags. And as I've gotten older, like all I see are flags, right? So like my immediate response with people is to be more guarded because at my core, I am actually a very soft, very transparent. I really highly value integrity in life, not just relationships in life. I like to know what kind of house I'm getting myself into. That was probably a key factor in why I chose a new build, right? Like I know exactly what they're building and how they're building it. And I don't like wild cards in life. And so I have this question, when's the last time you cried, that I ask people pretty much like first thing after meeting them. And it clicked that that is like the easiest question to be able to see where people are at, if they're trustworthy or not. Yeah. Like if you're going to choose to be vulnerable and transparent about the last time you cried and you're not going to you know, beat around the bush or make a joke about it. And my best friends, like I have a lot of really close friends. And when it comes to sharing vulnerably and transparently, all of them have done that. Yeah. And so I move forward in our relationship. If you don't no big, not everybody wants to answer that question. Some people joke around with it. That's great too. Like I don't hold that against people, but what is also true is I probably don't move forward more quickly in trusting you and move forward in a deep relationship. Like, I just don't trust that you're being completely transparent or real with me. Yeah. So it's not impossible. It just means that you're going to have to work a little bit harder with me for me to feel like I can trust you and like you're being vulnerable with me. Yeah. Well, and I think that's how even the conversation came up, right? Because you're, I think, not realizing, you know, the focus when we're in relationships and there's unresolved conflict. Your question was like, I feel fake mm-hmm. because there's got to be this middle ground, right? Like we desire to for there to be patience and we can work with people and they're allowed to make mistakes. And it's, you know, like we get it mentally, like, okay, this didn't happen overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. Yeah. But, you know, as we were talking about, and I think that's how I feel too, like, I don't want to be fake either. And so 
if we're con- if we're feeling it and approaching it as if if we let this go, what we're saying is that it's okay for you to continue this way and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So to the one that doesn't want to advocate, they so desire that that's true. Mm-hmm. Right? Like <laughs> you wish with every fiber that that was true. That whatever it is that they're doing to hurt you is okay and it's not a big deal. Yeah. And we're, and and I can do that way too, right? Like depending on what the situation is, like I want to not have to bring up everything. Like I don't want to be super sensitive and be easily offended about everything. But I remember in those earlier years, like because I know myself so well now and I've done so much of this work to kind of grow in this area, right under the surface, right? For me is that resentment and bitterness, And so I have learned like how quickly, if I don't deal with the nugget when it's small, like looking back now, I would rather bring something up when it's just a little, little pebble before it becomes a mountain, because the larger it gets, the harder it becomes for me to bring it up. Mm. And so either way, right? Like, so where I'm at now, I can bring up a little pebble issue, like with the intensity of what a little pebble requires, but if I allow it to grow to the mountain size, I'm so bent out of shape. I am so angry. I'm going to be taking people out where they don't need to be taken out. <laughs> <laughs> so much more hurtful with my words, so much more impatient, so much more conditional, so extreme. Like there's no grace. There's no patience anymore because I am hurt and I am not going to shut up till this is resolved. Yeah. And so, but on the other side, right? Like where me and you were talking is like, okay, you just really like, how far can we get away with not having to bring it up and not make it a big deal? But the bigger the mountain becomes for you, you no longer can be fake. And now you have to advocate. So which one's going to become more uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm going to keep ignoring it. I'm going to keep not acknowledging it and deal with it until it becomes more uncomfortable to hold on to it and ignore it and to go engage in what could be conflict, what could be a fight, what could be uncomfortable and hurtful. And we don't know where it's going to go either, right? Like it's an uncontrolled that if we're now engaging with this other person, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. It's no longer peaceful on our end. So we have to speak up at that point or we will be fake. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a catch-22, right? Because if we choose not to be honest, then we are showing up fake, right? Like they're just, that's the catch. Yeah. And it's like self-sabotaging. Like I'm fighting so hard not to show up as this fake person. I don't value it. I don't want to be that person. I I don't trust people who are fake. So I don't want to be that way. Yeah. But when I choose not to be honest about how I'm feeling about the pebble, it will undoubtedly turn into a mountain. And I've been fake about the pebble. And so now I have to be fake about the mountain if I'm going to choose not to address it. I don't want to show up in a fake way. Yeah. And I think what's challenging is if we allow those pebbles to grow into the mountain, it's really hard for that other person to hear the mountain. 
it is going to blow them out of water. They are probably in complete denial about whatever. They probably have no idea. And it is so obvious to us, right? Like they, like it's, it's another pebble added to the mountain. That's like, how can you not see how you're hurting me? How can you not see how you're impacting me? Like clearly you are maliciously actually intentionally doing this to me. And so that's another aspect that's really hard when we are in that mountain space, do our own work to calm ourselves down, to be able to then go have a pebble conversation with them. And so I could say it differently this way. I think once you've allowed the conflict or the upset to get to mountain level, the more likely you are to get trapped in right conversations. Because then we're going to, we feel this need to start defending. We got to start giving examples and this is how, and all of a sudden it becomes everything when they might be like five different pebbles. There's a lot of issues that all of a sudden we've combined into one big issue. And how do we break it down to be these manageable bite sizes where the other person can even hear us and we can like calm our own minds down of like getting to a more rational space. Yeah, I think it is so true that part of the hangup is having an appropriate response for the offense, right? Like when we're talking about big picture peace, where there is no peace, where, I mean, it gets oversimplified to one conflict. But in reality, if you don't feel peaceful, it's likely not isolated to one specific conflict it's a buildup of several different conflicts. That's the pebble analogy in the mountain. Yeah. And so if you haven't been talking about every single isolated conflict as it happens, then you weren't also given the opportunity to be able to properly categorize it, right? Like, oh, this is, this pebble is categorized under like a lack of value, right? Like they, didn't value me. And so then I felt disrespected in that way. Oh, this pebble is actually categorized under like a parent child relationship where they just don't know how to treat me or look at me as an independent person that's not dependent on them. Yeah. But what can happen is when you don't talk about each isolated conflict, you don't give the other person to share what was going on and what was happening for them. And so you just categorize it for under the umbrella that makes the most sense and probably hurts you the most, right? Like if your biggest wound is that you don't feel valued, then anytime a conflict comes up, an isolated conflict happens, then if, it, if the shoe feels like it's going to fit... <laughs> then that's where you're going to categorize it. And that's how we get these mountains, right? And so when we start having conversations and we start showing up with integrity, right? We start being honest. Yeah. I felt like this. What the temptation is, is to say, you don't value me. And here's all of the reasons why. There was this situation. There was this situation. And what we're doing is we are pulling from this like file, if you will. And the file has been categorized. Each conflict we've categorized under being devalued because that's our biggest wound, 
And so we're consistently saying like, we're bringing up all of these things, this checklist, and this is a situation and here's this isolated conflict. And then here's this isolated conflict and here's this one. And you're just like dumping all of the evidence that you have that supports this file that you were devalued. And the harmful part with doing that is, is it true? Yes. What we're saying is that you were hit by shrapnel. These isolated conflicts are all shrapnel, right? And they hit you and they so happened to hit you in this one area where you have the deepest wound. You don't really care about this isolated conflict over here that deals with parent-child relationships and you not being seen as an individual because you don't really, it doesn't really matter. It's not your deepest wound. What being honest though in the in the conversation and in your relationship looks like is bringing the actual hurt. That's what Kylie's referring to by the right and the real, right? The right is saying like, here's this example, here's this example, here's this example. What it would look like to have a real conversation is ultimately I don't feel valued, right? Just go straight to your deepest wound. I don't feel valued by you. And if they ask for support, if they need to understand a situation where this happened, yes, you can pull that out, but it lessens the intensity of the kind of conversation that you can have in your relationships. That's what having the real conversation does because it just goes straight to the wound and it's saying like, this is how I feel the deepest amount of hurt in general. And this is how I feel like you're targeting that area for me. Yeah. And then the other person is able to say, wait, like if they ask for examples, wait, that wasn't even an example of how I was undervaluing you. I was not seeing you as an individual. Also an area that they can grow in, right? But like categorize differently which dials back the significance because then again, if they, if they're saying, wait, no, that wasn't a situation where I didn't value you. It was a situation where I didn't understand how like you're, you're not a dependent child anymore. Then you can just see it for what it is. Oh, I don't really care about that. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, that doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. It doesn't hurt as much as seeing it. Like you don't value me. And so they're able to help you categorize it. The power that happens as you're able to live your entire life with integrity. And I'm saying this for myself. This is currently an area. It's my question. (laughs) It's my question that we're choosing to answer because I think that more of us are like this. Like you're like me and you're like, I don't know how to show up without perceiving myself as fake when there is no peace in my relationship. So that's yeah. my question. Put it all on me <laughs> and everything that I'm saying, I'm also speaking to myself, but take what you will that's going to be helpful for you and your relationships. When you are able to recategorize, that is where some of the significance can lessen. Another area is that if that's only if you're at the area where you've already been creating this file, what the possibility that Kylie just put out on the table is, is that if you're willing to have a conversation as the conflicts arise, then you won't have a file with 
like with support or evidence for your deepest wound, you're just going to be able to bring up that isolated conflict. And then you can bring that to the person and even ask them to categorize it for you. Hey, this is what happened. What were you intending with that? Like, what did you mean by that? What did, when you said this or when you had that like facial expression or you, you know, you kind of made that noise when I said this, what did that mean yeah. to you? What were you intending to communicate to me? All of those are questions now you can ask and then they can help you categorize it. Oh, I was devaluing you. See, that hurts, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so then you can say, that hurt me. Yeah. It actually, like, it really hurts anytime I feel like you're not valuing me, anybody, not just with you. And you're able to respond to them with the appropriate amount of rage, right? Yeah. When you bring a mountain to the table with all of these supports and evidence, you're here. You're just like, you're really caught up. I forgot you guys can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, all revved up and you're ready to like defend yourself right like defend yourself from all of these attacks that you've been just taking on the chin and what we're saying is that it's possible that even if like let's say let's just play this out even if you go with a rage of a file that has like 10,000 pebbles and you bring that rage into that relationship, if you have chosen not to be honest with them about all of the petals that built that mountain, then this is the first time that they're seeing it. And they're going to look at you like, why are you pretend, like, why are you acting like this is a big deal and this is more significant? And you're like, you know, cutting me down at my knees. You're going, you're shooting below the belt. And this is the first time I'm hearing any of this. Yeah. To them, it's a pebble. To you, it's a mountain. So how do you approach them and get them on the same page with you is really the ask. Yeah. And I think that's the space, right? To be in where you can own that, right? To be able to lower. It's not saying these things didn't happen. It's not invalidating. It's not saying anything negative about you, like you've been too sensitive and this just shouldn't be a problem. Like, it's okay that you've been hurt the way that you've been hurt. It's okay to keep coming back to figuring it out. Like, it's okay to not get it perfect on the first go, but you got to go through the fire to be able to get to the other side, right? Like, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable to do something different. Otherwise, you would have already been doing it. And so I think we want to leave you guys with this thought that if you are in a, in a relationship where there just isn't peace, you can't fake it. Don't fake it. The place to go to is to pause and to spend time and think for yourself, like, what is it that's really going on? What's the real hurt in this situation? I know I'm being distracted by a lot of things. I have a case built up. I got a whole bunch of other friends that have, I've already told it to and they agree with me, right? Like We have a lot of proof that what I'm saying is true. Like, great, but that's not going to bring you peace and unity and the healing that you really want in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So first get real with yourself. 
then you have the opportunity if you can resolve it all by yourself and see what's true. Like, oh, this really has just been me overreacting or I've been sensitive or I've assumed things. And that's actually not what was really happening. And you can trust and see that other person without talking. Great. Stay really present to it to make sure that that's really true. It will become obvious the next incident that happens, how upset you get the next time. But most likely you're going to need to go back and talk to the other person. And it's going to be only in that space when you're willing to be honest with yourself and honest with that other person that there will even be the possibility of peace. I think once we're in that space and we can, that's where we can lower the significance to, you know, what we can realize, like if we've allowed these pebbles to grow to a mountain degree and they have no idea, it's likely they are not going to have any idea. So two things, either one, they're going to be completely blindsided and surprised, or they're going to be like, wow, yeah, I can totally see how you got there. That makes complete sense. And they're ready to like own it, apologize. Let's figure it out together. Because at the end of the day, we not we aren't really fighting each other, right? We're fighting our own fears. And we're probably just, we're not feeling safe for some reason. We're not feeling safe because either the dynamic that has happened, something that has happened on their end or something that we've told ourselves. And the goal is that you want to feel safe in a relationship and that other person also wants to feel safe and you both want the other person to feel safe. The closer you get to the real conversation, when that's really like probably at the root, I'm just not feeling safe. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling discouraged. It doesn't matter how or why it showed up. The point is that's how I'm feeling. It gives them space to come alongside you. We should be fighting alongside of each other. We're not actually fighting each other, right? Like it gives room for that other person to show up as a support and to say what's true for them, which is like, they don't want to be doing the hurtful things that they're doing to you in the first place. It gives them some space to be humble, to take some ownership, like let them see it for themselves. I know for me, like that's been so helpful in my marriage that when I've just been willing to be honest, there is an immediate peace when I've said what I actually need to say. And I feel heard that first layer is just a piece, a, a sense of common peace. Like it reestablishes the safety that I'm seen and heard. Then it leaves room to grow. It leaves space for that other person to show up imperfect, to show up weak, to show up with their own issues, right? Like it leaves that space for there to not be perfection and not be immediate change and immediate growth because we stop taking it so personally. Like that's the goal is that we're not taking other people's weaknesses as a personal attack on ourselves. So I think the other challenge for those of you that are not really great at advocating yet, and this is new, or even if you do feel like you're good at advocating, maybe you don't know how to advocate without causing World War III. It's okay to keep trying. Just because the other person doesn't take it well doesn't mean it shouldn't have been said at all. Be willing to keep being honest take ownership of what your space is, allow them to take ownership of theirs and keep fighting alongside of each other. 
and there will be able to be peace even when it doesn't seem like there should be peace. So it really resonated with me when you brought up the word safety, because I feel like I am already listening and feel like I know what peace looks like, but I think it gets blurred. But when you bring up, when you say safety, that changes things because, because I really resonate with that word more than I do peace even. Like, I think when, as I'm listening to this and just processing for myself, I think those of you who are more similar to me in this way, I think we have to make a deliberate choice to either perceive ourselves as being on a battlefield or in a living room. Mm. You're constantly showing up as though you're on a battlefield. You will never feel like you can just relax and be safe. And that's really it's a tough spot to be. I mean, I'm saying this to myself. It has been an exhausting way to live because yes, everything is shrapnel, right? There are arrows being thrown. There are bullets being shot. There are guns. There are people who don't have my protection in mind. I need to protect myself. I'm on a battlefield. And so anything that gets said or anything that gets done is going to be perceived as shrapnel. And the only way I can lower that significance is to completely reimagine my environment. If I'm not on a battlefield and I'm instead in a living room, then even if something comes shooting, you know, on the side of my peripheral, I can assume it's probably something like dust or maybe a shoe not something that's going to kill me or take me out. It changes everything about how we perceive other people coming into our space when we reimagine the environment that we're in. And nobody can do that for you, right? Like if I imagine myself on a battlefield, there is not one person who comes up to me then that will be perceived by me as though they're not a threat and trying to hurt me or bring harm onto me in some way. Yeah. But same person walks through my front door into my living room, right? Like now we get to ask that question of them. We get to perceive them differently and I don't automatically need to assume that they're out ready to attack me. Safety, thinking of peace and supplementing that word peace for whether or not you feel safe, that's that's a different question. And that also warrants a different approach on our end. Yeah. And when we're no longer defending ourselves to prove the safety, you know, I think that even frees up the other person to not be the person that's dictating our value, right? Like they're not the ones that are taking away or adding to my value. Like that's where really real security can come from. When we aren't unsafe, we're not actually out on the battlefield, then we can be secure in who we are and deal with the battle of the mind, right? Where we feel like somebody, other people really will 
not value us all the time. Like other people really are going to hurt us. They're going to disappoint us. They're going to let us down because they're not perfect. I'm not perfect either. Like it leaves that space where we can show up vulnerable and honest and real and genuine and be okay to recover from wounds that are going to happen along the way. So we want to leave you with two different distinctions and concepts. One is a requirement or a request. And this is very applicable like right now in your relationships that feel like there's mountains at play, right? What you have to decide for yourself is, is this a requirement that I'm asking from this person or is this my request? This, the difference is significance, right? And how we would actually define these is that the circumstances surrounding when you have a requirement are a safety concern, right? A significant safety concern you might have a requirement now that you didn't realize that you have requirements for. If you are in a serious safety concern, then you need to have some requirements by which you choose to show up in that relationship. And you allow that other person in your relationship to have access to you. Those are the isolated moments for requirements. What we like to do is blur the lines, right? And my requests become requirements. These aren't hills to die on. If I'm not on a battlefield, you, when you're on a battlefield, you have requirements of people. Yeah. When you're in a living room, you have requests, right? Like this is an ideal, this is not my ideal living room. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so here are some things that would make it more ideal for you to be sitting and hanging out in my living room with me. A lot of times in the majority of our relationships, we need to be presenting requests, not requirements, right? Like if it isn't true that you're unsafe and that it's a serious safety concern, then anything is a request by you, right? Like you don't need to leave and you don't need to force the other person out when that's not the case? How do we coexist? And part of that is showing up honestly and being honest about how you've been impacted and then asking them to show up differently. The second distinction that we wanted to talk about is a need versus a want. This is very similar, if not almost ideal to a request and a requirement. A need is also kind of just like a make or break for your relationship. Like maybe it's not a serious safety concern, but in like the context of a marriage, for instance, a need could be like, you're not gonna be out having emotional or physical affairs with other people. That's a need. That need has to be met. It is actually like, it's either meet the need or move on. That's it right? But for the majority of our relationships, we're going to have wants. And so these are just requests, if you will, of the other person. This would be great. If you could show up in this way, if you could, if you could do this, that would be great. That's a want. I feel like this really helps. These two practicals really help just lessen the significance 
uh, and expectations, like set your appropriate expectations in your relationships with other people. Because instead of seeing everything as a requirement and everything as a need, now we have a little bit more flexibility and it invites a new gray area in your relationships where there's room for some mercy on both ends, right? When you have a want that goes unmet, then you're able to see it for what it is. I really wanted this to happen. It didn't, but it doesn't ruin my relationship because it did not. Yeah. When I have a request of somebody and it didn't happen, I can just see it for what it is. But if you're constantly showing up in relationships and everything is a requirement, then you are constantly in and having to prepare an exit plan for being in and out of that relationship. Because when requirements and when needs go unmet, then we feel like we have to leave or we have to push other people out. Mm -hmm. That really is where you'll find yourself probably in your relationships if that is how you choose to place your expectations. So if it's true that this entire time you, for whatever reason, haven't shown up honestly in your relationships, there's no need to beat yourself down because of it or, you know, hold yourself hostage because you now have a mountain to deal with. But just take that for what it is. You just haven't been honest in your relationships as conflict has come up. Yeah. But there's room. There's room there. Because if that's been true, then it's probably also been likely that you've been living this entire time as though you're on a battlefield. When in reality, you've quite possibly always been in the living room. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to work with you. If you're looking for additional coaching from us, you can log on to our website at beyondthewallspodcast.com and look at our membership for more information. Until next time. Bye.